too far. <laughs> Go ahead and grab a seat. So I get to introduce you to two more people. <laughs> we did it again. We did. So this is uh, the, each of the individuals that are going to be out here. One of them is singing and making her way back out. So um, is, these are the people that are in charge of our adult communities uh, and our adult Hi. ministry. Hello, Monique. Good to have you. Thanks. We literally made her run around the entire thing. So That's why Seth's going first. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so Seth, you are the pastor of Connection and Discipleship so around close. here. Did I miss it? Connection, Discipleship, Pastor. Connection and Discipleship, Pastor. Okay, thank you. <laughs> very different. It is very yes. different, yes. So those are, uh, those are two things that we care a ton about. You get to oversee all of our adult communities, adult ministry, like that. that yeah, anything that goes on with adults outside of the auditorium. Right, it's Seth. And so you have worked here. Actually, let's, let's do this. How long have you been here? Do you know that? How long have I been here? Uh-huh. Um, well, I haven't done the math recently, uh, but it was early 90s when my family came here. So fifth grade. And you've worked here for how long? 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. Yes. So good to have you. If you guys don't know this, Seth started as the middle school pastor, right? Did. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty fun. <laughs> and then Lots Monique, of dodgeball. Right. And then Monique is in charge of guest services. She's the director of guest services around here. So whenever you're walking onto campus, all the many people that are out there saying hello and greeting people and escorting people and giving people just the information and pieces that they need. That's so much of what you get to oversee and the amazing people you work with, right? Yeah, yeah, amazing people. And how long have you been here? Um, since I was seven, so 30 years. That's awesome. And you have worked here how long? Uh, collectively about four. Okay, okay, which is awesome. It's good to have you. So I wonder if you, uh, and we'll start with Seth. I wonder if you would tell us, when you think of just some of the things that have happened this last year, is there a moment that was particularly meaningful to you as you watch God work through some of the adults in our community? Yeah, actually, as I was, I, I was reflecting over the past year, and one of the moments I remember most distinctly was in the month of December. We were having a Christmas lunch with our senior adults, and we've done this a couple times over the past couple of years. Uh, but one of the things that we did a little bit differently this time was we invited some uh, middle school and some high school students to join us for that. And what we asked was, what we said was, we don't want people to just come and serve, though we want that to be a part of it, to come and serve our senior adults. But we want students that are actually going to want to engage and be a whole part of the experience. And so get to actually sit down and uh, talk and enjoy the, you know, the presence of the, our senior adults and have our adults enjoy our middle school and high school students. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool to watch what happened there and that we had probably about 10 to 12 of these students show up. And one of them showed up. I loved it. He showed up full suit tie uh, because he was just that excited about being a part of it. And, wanted and this is it. not his normal deal. No, no, this is not his normal deal. Like this is something where he's like, I just really want to be here and I'm excited about being a part of this. <laughs> and so we, we had lunch and we, our students got to sit with our senior adults. Uh, but then we played bingo together as a big group. And we had our students either playing bingo or calling out bingo numbers. And it was just, it was an afternoon where it was, you couldn't tell who was what age uh, because everybody was just, it seemed like they were having a great time. And I heard from people afterwards, the thing that that was important to me was I heard from both our seniors and our our students afterwards that that was a really cool thing to feel seen and spend time with this other generation and and feel like that they were actually a, a part of those lives. Right. You know, when you think about, hey, let's have an event and there's going to be two populations we invite. <laughs> One is going to be a bunch of adolescents and the other is going to be all of our senior adults. Like how many of you that's your first go-to? And yet, no, and I mean this, what, what's so amazing about this and I love it is 
Uh, you have both of those communities essentially showing up and loving one another in a way that created space for the other. And so what was the net effect? And I love what you just said. Our, our students walk away feeling like, I felt seen and accepted and these are amazing people. And our seniors felt that same, that same thing. And as, as two people who've worked with students for a length of time around here, it's easy to recognize this. When you look at some of our older populations here in this church, there's a bunch of collective wisdom because you've walked enough life to have it. And you've learned some things along the way and you're watching. And if you look, you'll watch a bunch of adolescents walking through some things. And you're like, man, if I could just somehow get some of that wisdom over here to help them walk that path. But it's sometimes hard to make the connection there, right? I love that in this church, you guys are doing that. I love that you're making space for one another as you're preparing the next generation and passing on the goodness of what God's done in you. So well done to our seniors and well done to our students for showing up in that way. I think that's a really beautiful thing. So... Um, for Monique, when you look at guest services, I know that, well, here, start with this. There, how many people, because we should know this, how many, how many people, like new people are coming through the doors? We have had, so I did the math, since January 1st, 318 new people come through our doors. Isn't that amazing? So for those of you guys that are like, this is my seat, nobody sit in it, and you're super good at knowing exactly what to do when you get to church and all the pattern behavior, can you just pause and recognize that that many, over 300 people, it's, they're, they're coming in here for the first time. They don't have a seat. They don't know where to sit. They're, they're just guests and, and navigating. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so let's all make space and host and be amazing humans, which is what you do. So I wonder if you'd share one of the stories that, his imp- that you've seen where you're like, man, God's really used people for this mission. Yeah, of course. So we um, <clears throat> absolutely believe that in order to give love, to give acceptance. You have to feel love and feel accepted. And we have this wonderful, wonderful volunteer, Kevin, and he um, served with his wife for several years in our team. And unfortunately, we lost uh, Karen last year. And, you know, understandably, it's been tough for Kevin. And unbeknownst to him, his wife uh, had put together a group of people, a group of their friends that sought him out and have just loved him. And the beautiful thing about it is there's not... Uh, there's not a, a, a thought of when he's supposed to be done grieving. There's not an expectation of like a timeline or what he should be doing. They are just loving him exactly where he's at. They're accepting him exactly where he's at. And so it's just been really beautiful to see him learn to hold that grief and joy at the same time and um, to be loved by a community. And because of that, because he feels that, he so, so freely gives that out. He's such an amazing volunteer, um, an amazing person that just shows and pours love over people as they walk in our doors. What's amazing about them creating acceptance for him, and, and if you've walked through grief, you know it can be a pretty lonely space, can't it? And yet, there's a group of people in this church that have come around him and said, you can be wherever you need to be right now, we're gonna be with you, which is a really powerful thing. There's, there's deep love in that. What I love is that that's impacted Kevin to the degree that he actually has pulled people in that are in that same space and said, hey, let me see you. Let me grieve with you. Let me, let me walk this out with you. And he's giving that very same thing away, which is amazing because it keeps on going. And then I, I know that there's also been some moments where people who've experienced this mission for the very first time, they've they felt impacted by that. And you didn't even have to prompt them. 
Yeah, we had a volunteer come in our doors uh, a few months ago, and uh, I had the privilege of meeting him uh, to be the first one to say hello and welcome him, and was just asking him a little bit about what brought him here, and he was telling me that um, his wife had passed a couple years ago, and she'd always wanted to come to Casas, and so um, because they were not able to come together, he wanted to honor his request, and he felt like he was finally ready to do that, so he came in and um, got to introduce him to a lot of our volunteers, um, at the lobby, at the Welcome Center, and um, they were just so beautiful at passing love onto him and welcoming him so well. And I remember we were walking towards the coffee spot, and I was walking him through the auditorium, and he just said, wow, I just already feel so accepted. Um, and nobody had said that word. No one had said love. You were holding your shirt? Like <laughs> no. <laughs> I should have. Um, but yeah, it was just so amazing to see that that love was being poured out to him and he felt it before he even heard anybody talk about it. Right. Which it's powerful to say that to somebody. It's more powerful when somebody completely unprompted looks and says, this is the truth of what I'm experiencing right now. That's how you know it's real, isn't it? Uh, that's where it's really powerful and that's what's flowing through you all uh, on a regular basis and through many of, of the people in our adult communities and our guest services. So I just wanna take a moment to say thank you to you guys uh, for, for your leadership and just the things you do. But again, and more importantly for today, I wanna thank the many of you who are in guest services, who are creating space for people that don't have one yet. I wanna thank the many of you who are in adult communities, forming connection and community with people and walking alongside others and living this out in a way where the acceptance and the love and the freedom of Christ is being made known. And that's powerful and it's good to do church with you. So can we take a moment to celebrate you all now? Thank you guys. So I wanna invite somebody else out here. His name is Josh Kempf. Um, Josh is actually the principal of our school. You also know him as a worship leader. He sings around here. In fact, is singing today, I believe, right? Yeah. So Josh is the principal of Casas Christian School. And there's something really amazing about our school. And I've realized what's so amazing about it uh, to me uh, just recently. I didn't realize how significant it was. And it's that we're a missional school. I thought that that was probably pretty common. And it turns out it's not. In fact, you, you know a little bit of stats on that. Yeah, so we're actually really unique in this model of saying, regardless of what you believe, if you're a family, regardless if you have no idea who God is even yet, you get mm -hmm. to belong in our school. But that's less than 10% of Christian schools in our country. Last time I checked. So 10%, yeah, the, the most Christian schools, you have to sign a thing saying, this is exactly what I believe. This is what my family does. And, and that's when the doors open to you. For us, you can belong before you believe, right? You can just be a part of that. And so the school is constantly living out this value of you have a place with us, right? The way we define that word acceptance. And I think that's beautiful. And I know there's probably a story that you have had or impact, been impacted by that, that lives that out or displays that. Yeah, there's a lot of them. But one this year uh, that I really loved, there was uh, a dad who I toured with early to start the year because he had a fifth grade uh, daughter. And actually it was, it was interesting because usually it's the moms who have all the probing questions, right? And this dad was really wanting to be convinced that, okay, but we're gonna be okay here because we don't believe in God. We, we're, we actually don't know what we believe at all. Can I trust this? Can I, can I trust this thing? Can I trust that my daughter's not gonna feel less than or other than? Um, and they enrolled and she's been here all year and we just finished our school year this past Friday and he came over and he had tears in his eyes and he didn't say, thank you for allowing us to live out the acceptance of freedom of Jesus Christ, right? right. But he just, he had this moment. Weird. That would be a little weird, yeah. <laughs> um, but he came up and he had tears in his eyes and he just said, thank you for this year, it's been powerful. And to me, I don't, I think that's bigger than academics, right? That right. was because 
they really experienced this thing where they got to belong even though they did not believe. And it was beautiful. Right. It is beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for living that out. And thank you to our teachers, our faculty, our parents, our students who are carrying that same heart and making this not just a mission that we write on a sheet of paper, but something that's actually being embodied <laughs> and lived out. So thank you. We appreciate you. So there's one other person that would have loved to be here today. Her name is Becky Lefke. Some of you probably know her and she oversees CASAS Outreach uh, as a ministry around here, both locally and globally. So I'm gonna get to do her part. She sent me like an email that was so long that we'd be here for a really long time because of the many, th Becky's got like the list of everything that CASAS through you all, that God has used you all to do uh, in our surrounding community and the world around you. But here's just a snapshot of some of those things we created uh, a little bit of a slide. This would have been like just a quarter of the page at some point in time uh, on there. And I just want to remind you of this because for so many of you, I know this happens to me. We, we partner with Interfaith Community Services to do a drive to help families that are in need. And you're like, oh yeah, we did that. I forgot all about that that was this last year. And there's something about seeing some of these things displayed. I love that 136 children were sponsored for gifts of love. That means kids were, were given the opportunity to have Christmas gifts and things this last year. And that you showed up and said, we want to love a family in a really practical way so that they would know that there's a church in Tucson and that there's a God behind that church that ultimately loves them right where they are right now. And you did that in an extraordinary way. I think there's many, many things that, that I'm proud of. I love Holy Needles. If you're sitting here going, what is Holy Needles? There are a group of people that get together and they simply make like, they make uh, blankets. They make like, I think I've seen little infant sweaters, caps and all kinds of things. 6,500 different things made by Holy Needles. And those go to new moms. Yeah, we can applaud to that. They work hard. Yes. Those go to new moms in hospitals. Those go to, to interfaith community services. Those go all over the place where they just show up saying, we have this passion, these gifts, we wanna bless other people. And you do, and that's unprompted. And it's amazing. There are so many pieces with this. You know, I think of even what we do globally, what's happened in this last year. So we have some significant partnerships in Central Asia. And if you're wondering, but what countries? Many of those countries are closed countries. And so I can't actually tell you those things because there's some danger to the people that we partner. They could get kicked out of country in some of those types of moments. And yet they're doing extraordinary things. For example, in, um, in North Central Asia, there's, been, there's some partners that we've had for some time. Now, COVID hit them really hard and not just because of, of illness, but the shutdown was really tough. I was told that they had about two weeks worth of savings to keep the household going when COVID shut down and they were actually locked, like not allowed to leave their houses for a few months, you guys. And so many people just started shifting into like rations and how do we get food and what do we do? And it was really, really tough. Some of our workers, recognized that, that they could have influence and they partnered with the state who wasn't doing much about any of this. And they began going and administering aid and carrying out for this with other people to the degree that I believe they provided aid for up to 1,000 families in the last year because of some of the key partnerships and the financial opportunity that we have helped provide for them. And you guys are a part of that. That's literally keeping people alive. Like this is a big deal. And I want you to know that you guys are absolutely a part of that. This is part of the partnership we have. When Turkey had the earthquakes this year, there's some key partners that we have in Turkey. And they decided to pivot in ministry just a little bit, still do some of the important things they were doing, but they said, you know, we need to, we, like, this is a crisis and we need to meet people in the midst of it. And so they started taking people that had been displaced from their homes and partnering to put them in tents and pop-up things for like portable housing, just to get some shelter over people's heads for periods of time. And that's been significant this last year. And they actually stepped in and said, we want to start a soup kitchen for the neighborhood and we want to be 
be a partner in this as well. And so I, I made the mistake this morning of saying, they, so 600 people are being fed daily. And then I went and checked my notes and it's actually 6,000 people that are being fed daily because there's groups of people that are resourced through you all to help partner. So do you realize you're loving people, not just here in this place, not just in our surrounding community, but all around the world. And I love that because there's something about this mission, right? Loving people into the acceptance and freedom of Christ that, that matters for everybody. I care about that. And I just love that you guys are the expression of this. It's good to be with you and doing that. So there's a lot happening and that have happened with outreach. And can we just give a round of applause for the people that have partnered? Yeah. <clears throat> Becky's gonna tell me, you didn't say all the things and I didn't, but we'll get there. I promise at some point it'll be coming. So I wanna invite one last person out and that is our senior pastor, Glenn Barteau, uh, to make his way out. Where are you at, Glenn? Yes, here, there he is. So I just thought it'd be important to, to have Glenn come out here because, uh, well, one, as a senior pastor, I'm sure there's some things that you'd wanna speak to with this, but two, um, you have been here for how many years? Um, 28 years. On staff, you have On been a staff. pastor here yeah. for 28 years, yeah. right? Yeah. So that gives you a kind of perspective that I quite frankly don't have and that you have seen different reiterations of CASAS. You have seen just the way this has looked and felt and the way our church has engaged over the last several years. And I think that's important because one of the things that struck me when in a conversation that you and I were having was you made the comment that this last year has been one of the most significant years that you, in Very the much. entire time that you've been here. And I just was like, you need to, like, it'd be awesome for you to share this with us. So what is that? Why, why has this year been such a big deal? Um, it, it's because of the change of a very different kind. Uh, this, it's 28 years. Man, this church has been through <laughs> a lot of different uh, things and exciting and good. Um, but the change that I see now is reflected in, in your hearts. Like, uh, like I, I have experienced and sensed something different about the way you all carry yourselves from something deep within and, and the effect that it is having on people around you and having on the larger community here. You all carry yourselves from a different spiritual place that's really beautiful, really beautiful. So when you say we all carry ourselves different, what looks different? <laughs> um, quite frankly, it, it is the way you see, love, and care about people. And not like Casas, you know, didn't like people or something in the past. It has always loved people. But there, there is a way that you, you're just seeing people out of a depth of grace that is just extraordinary. And it's, I'm so glad I get to be here at this time in all of this. That's awesome. Um, oh, go ahead. When, well, when you think about, so for, for us, right, we're like, that's amazing. But when you think about why that matters so much for us as a church, and what, what's so important about that? What is there that, that you, you see? Um, I, so I wanna share something that goes back to a leadership meeting that I uh, had about two years ago because it's, it's been a long time in this all developing, but there, there are some key moments in it and key things that, that I think are worth pointing to. Um, and one of them goes back to this uh, leadership meeting that we had with all of our volunteers. We have some of the, these amazing volunteer leaders and uh, elders and uh, CASAS council members and key leaders. And there was a passage that it, 
has been really important for me at different moments in leadership that I shared with him that I want to share with you. And the thing that is unique about this passage is it is one of just a few passages in all the New Testament where there is a New Testament author, in this case Paul, who actually tells us what he prayed for for the people at a particular church. And this was the church at Philippi. And the church in Philippi was thriving. Like Paul really, he loved how they were living out their faith in so many ways. And he sets it up with this. Let me just, because this will give you a flavor of, of how Paul feels about all of this. He says this, this is Philippians chapter 1. Verse four, he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray, catch this, with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And there was just this thing where in advancing the gospel, like he's praying for them to advance the gospel, but it's like, he has like great joy over this. And then he tells them specifically what he's been praying for them which in some ways I think is a, it's worth paying attention mm -hmm. to in all of this. And um, so I want to read to you what he prays, but I'm going to go through it backwards, if that's okay. You know, like the way most of us read our Bibles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll go backwards. We'll start at the end and go backwards <laughs> in what he prays. And, and part of the reason for that is, uh, so there's this progression. Mm -hmm. He starts with, here's the thing that I want to pray for you that you can engage in. But it's out of engaging this that there's, there's this secondary ability. There's, there's something you're going to get out of this, this secondary ability. And it's out of that that when you employ that, you get this certain outcome. So I want to start with the outcome and then look at like the secondary like ability and then like where it all starts. So um, if you drop down to verse 11, here's the outcome of what he's praying for with him. And it's this, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And like, don't miss, this is a kind of righteousness that it isn't maybe what we would normally think of as righteousness. This is righteousness. That, he equates it with the person of Jesus Christ. You, you have become a reflection of Christ. There's, some, there's a kind of righteousness that, that is exuding the heart and the, the sense of presence of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So he, here's this secondary skill, this ability that you need to be able to exude that. And it says this, and this is verse 10. So we just go back one verse. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless, blameless until the day of Christ Jesus. So here he's saying... Um, that you may be able to discern, like that you can figure out what is best. And when you think about that, it's like when we think about like we're supposed to discern, don't miss that either. Like normally when we think of righteousness, we think of like there's nothing for me to figure out. I just need to understand, right? I just go to the Bible. I just need to understand right, wrong, whatever it is. It's all there in black and white. Just do it. Exactly. Do it and just do the right. thing. And what he's saying is, no, there's something for you to wrestle with, to discern, to engage, so that you know what to do mm -hmm. that actually becomes this reflection of Jesus. So now, here's the actual thing that he, that he prays for. This is what starts the whole thing. He says this, verse 9. And this is my prayer. So here's what he prays for for them. Here is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. 
don't miss that the thing we need the most knowledge and the most depth of insight in is uh, like, it's great to learn a lot of theology, memorize Bible verses, that's great. But that's not what he's saying. It, like, think of all the things that we would say if, if we were just like, okay, this is the thing that you need more knowledge in. All too often people like, okay, love you. Okay, got it, got it, that's great. Okay, let's move on to the, let's get to the deep stuff. Like that's just a nice thing. Right, yeah. 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 And the reality is, what he's saying is, no. Love, it may be simple and straightforward, but it holds a depth that in a lifetime of growing in what it means to love others, like you'll never find the bottom of it. Like that, and, it's, and that's his prayer. He says, I, if there's anything, I want you to grow in a depth of, have more knowledge of. It's not the Old Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. It's not all of these teachings, it's love. Because in the end, that kind of love leads to a kind of discernment that leads to you and I becoming more and more like Christ. And that's what advances the gospel. And I think, I look back to that leadership meeting, Mm -hmm. think about where we as a church have come, our leaders have come, and I think that there's something here that the impact that we're having, I'll say this, I experience you all as a church as painting more and more a picture of who Jesus is through the way you're living your life. How you hold and treat other people, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's impacting them in a really significant way. Right, I, I remember when you taught that, um, and just myself, I, I didn't actually know what you were going to be teaching that night or anything. And I, I remember hearing that with all of our leaders and being impacted by that in a, in a pretty significant way as well. Because it, it flipped something upside down for me as I began to wrestle with just the way that I saw righteousness or the way that I saw like, what does it look like to be right with God on there? And it was really, really powerful. I was really appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, for me, hearing you, hearing you talk through that, one of the things that struck me so much was, you know, we always think of it like, if I want to be right with God, what I need to do is I just need to like, you know, follow the list or I need to be a better person. How many of you have that rolling around somewhere in your head or your heart? I just need to do this better. I need to eliminate this thing in my life or whatever this was. And there's something about that, that evening when you shared all that that hit me where I was like, I just need to love the next person who's standing in front of me. And then I need to take that further. There's like, I, I just need to keep going the way that it, it like equated righteousness with love. And I thought, wow, that is a powerful path that I just hadn't, hadn't been approaching this in the same way. And it's kind of cool seeing us as a church take some steps out of that two years later. It's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How we hold people and see people matters. Right. So um, I wonder, for, for me, there's been a lot of different things that have, have been impactful along the way, but I, I just recognize you being a senior pastor, uh, there's, I know that it, there's got to be things that you would look to us as a church and say, man, this is my heart for you guys, or this is what I would care about with you guys as you step into this next season, and I just wonder what that would be. You know, um, I'm going to express it a little differently than I did in the last service, because um, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, because um, I process it, it's all in there. I, you know, as we move into the next season, uh, let me just give you this challenge, is that um, when you think about who Christ was, and you think about, like, what Paul writes in all of this, 
with every step that we take, whether it's a step that you're taking personally some way in your life or whether it's how you participate in ministry, us as a church, let's ask the question, what, is, what does it mean to do the loving thing in this next step? Let, let that actually become more and more of a guide that helps us discern what to do in this next movement, how to handle this next complicated situation, what we're gonna do, how we treat the community around it. I, I think about all, you, you know, you got a really good picture of so many of our pastors and directors and leaders of ministries, and you can just see more and more of those opportunities to do something loving. But I think at an individual level, like let love be your guide for how you navigate life forward. And uh, we'll have no regrets uh, out of that. Right, right. Well, I want to say thank you to you uh, just for, I think maybe a good way to say this is for continuing to lead us deeper into love uh, because I think that's where the heart of Christ is. And so we appreciate you and thank you for all that you do around here too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So... The worship band's making its way out. You know, we wanted to close out this service with a song. Uh, it's not a song that you've heard before, so this will be a new one. But I say that because the moment you catch it, start singing, like jump in. Uh, the moment that you feel like you got a handle on it. The reason we chose this song is because it speaks to this idea of, man, witnessing the things that God has done and saying, I've seen this and I've seen this. Because isn't it true that there's a part of life where when you see God show up in one way, it gives you confidence for the next moment and the next moment and the next moment. And claiming that with one another, trusting that with one another can be really powerful. So will you stand with us? And when you grab a hold of this, start singing it out together for the person next to you, for all of us. Friends, it's good to be a church with you. Let's sing.
I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see it again and again You love and I've witnessed it You heal and I've witnessed it You save and I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see it again and again You're good and I've witnessed it Good to have uh, all of you joining us here this morning. And uh, if you're here this morning and you just uh, need someone to pray for you or with you, uh, we've got some wonderful people that would love to pray for you in our prayer spot over here. If you're new, visiting, uh, maybe we've never had a chance to meet or you've never had a chance to meet Ryan, we're going to be right over here at these uh, tables. Love to shake your hand this morning. May God shine his face upon you, bless you, and just fill you with his love and peace. Amen. Have a great morning. See you next Sunday.